Next on MLR Weekly, Scott Lawrence, USA Rugby head coach and overseer of MLR Charlotte. Steve Lewis, rugby change agent slash sevens czar. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning and Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. Rugby wrap-ups MLR Weekly brought to you by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, New York City. The world's best rugby pub. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. in New York City. Thank you for joining us again, and we have a great show. We have Scott Lawrence, who is the current overseer of Major League Rugby's franchise in Charlotte, as well as the interim head coach of USA Rugby+. Plus. We have Steve Lewis, rugby change agent slash seven czar, talking all things sevens, and Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. But before we get to any of those folks, we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. John, welcome. What do you got? Hey, Matt, I'm doing great. I love my name. Speaking of names, how about MLR and their newest team? Training camps have kicked off this week. MLR introduced their newest team, the Charlotte Hawks. I mean, National Anthem, Anthem North Car Matt, help me out here. I'm struggling. Why can't they just be the Charlotte Hawks? That would make sense. Next! <laughs> okay, moving on, I guess. Let's talk a couple of... Uh, Player signings and re-signings here. Old Glory DC, they have brought back USA eligible, New Zealand-born flanker, eight-man, Nico Jones. Jones, Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones. Well, I was going to go counting crows. Mr. Jones and Mr. Next! How about the Utah Warriors? They have brought back USA capped Eagle Lock. Matt Jensen, he's been out of rugby since 2021. Last played with Utah, so good to see Matt, back in MLR. Excellent. He's a unit. Love to see players coming back. Next! Hey, Matt, in case you're looking for something to watch this weekend, Perth Sevens kicks off this weekend. A couple of players with some MLR ties, so make sure you check that out as well. I know your boy Lance Williams will be playing in it. Yep, and do you think the distance and the time differences for you make this particular Sevens location impertinable? Next! Hey, Matt, I want to close out here with a quick little plug for all the listeners. Washington, D.C. Youth Rugby. I'm a volunteer coach in this program. It's a free program. It's a nonprofit. They're celebrating their 20th anniversary for bringing rugby to young kids all across D.C. Their 20th anniversary celebration is taking place Friday, February 2nd. You can go online and get a ticket, even if you can't make it. All of the proceeds go to help fund the program. Washington, D.C. Youth Rugby. All right, John, good stuff as always. Make sure you check out and sign up for Rugby Morning's newsletter, folks. And uh, don't go away because we're coming back with Scott Lawrence, the interim head coach of Men's 15's Eagles program for, for USA Rugby and overseeing what's going on in Charlotte with the Anthem Rugby Carolina. All right, we'll be right back. Digs like a demented mole there. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. 
You need your cleats. You need them tomorrow. If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. And we're back with Scott Lawrence of USA Rugby and now the Anthem Rugby Carolina MLR franchise, which are basically the, the Hawks, the developmental side from USA Rugby now uh, boosted up. Scott, welcome to MLR Weekly. Oh, thank you. Good to be here again. So, Scott, you've got a, a lot on your plate right now. And I, I think you're in Charlotte right now. I am, yeah. Just uh, helping the, the uh, helping the team get off the ground. You know, I had a lot of uh, fond memories of starting rugby ATL and getting that off the ground, and certainly learned a few things there. And so myself and Oscar Alvarez, who did it with San Diego Legion, and Darren Coleman, who did it at Old Glory DC. You know, we're um, we're kind of reliving and and trying not to make the same mistakes we did at those other places and before you were part of rugby ATL and yeah. had a very successful run there before the team had to change ownership group. So this is, you, you, you know, you, you're familiar with coming into the MLR. How's yeah. it different this time for you? What changes have you seen? I think the, the player kind of sophistication around the contracts has certainly changed, you know, as, uh, as the players have grown and players are thinking more holistically about their total compensation and the way that they want to be taken care of. And I, I think that's positive uh, for players. So I think that's, you know, that's a bit, uh, a bit different. They're asking different questions and I think that's, that's quite healthy. Um, you know, I think the league office is, is, still uh, working, getting their feet under them. But operationally, you know, there's you're seven years in, there's less things to think about or have to figure out. So that process uh, with something like this that goes so fast has been, I'd say, pretty smooth. They worked really hard at it. Um, Nish and Aaron and, the, and Bill and, and those guys in the office really worked hard at it. And it was a lot more efficient this time around. Well, it can't be easy popping up a team and saying, hey, we're, uh, you know, at, following the the, the – uh, the fall of Toronto and New York, and then LA saying they had the green light. And then out of basically for a fans, from a fan's perspective, certainly out of nowhere comes this team in Charlotte. And yeah. from what I understand, world rugby has got an investment in it and the like two thirds and the MLR owners will have the other third. So mm -hmm. just briefly, how did this all come about? Well, I think when uh, when we had uh, New York and and uh, Toronto both, um, you know, kind of lead the league, there just seemed to be a, a risk to the American playing base. Um, there's just you know less places to go around, and uh, and so we at that time it was actually kind of an offhand comment and just kind of called the uh, the guy I was working with at World Rugby and High Performance, and I said, you know. If, got a lot of egos there in New York. We'd, you know, the, um, we're always planning to try this for 2025. We were always talking about it and we had a ramp and a runway to, to build a team to help us for world cup 2027 qualification. So it wasn't a new concept. It just said, uh, can we accelerate it? And, uh, and, and so we, we had the chat and it was long, it was right after that. And 
as these things do, they don't move as quickly as you want. You know, it takes time to get people on board and boards to approve things and uh, things like that. But, um, but I think that's where it started. And then really it was, you know, that was kind of the end of my involvement and it really took off from there. World rugby took it and um, major league rugby took it and USA rugby got together and, and they kind of took it from there. Well, it's a great and refreshing uh, statement by World Rugby to get literally involved, boots on the ground, so to speak, with the American rugby landscape, right? You know, we've had we've heard those cries of the giant awakening, all that nonsense. You've heard it more than anybody. Um, yeah. And now, finally, they're putting their money where their mouths are. And it's really I, I never thought I'd see something like this. And it's really a, it's really, really a good thing. But let's talk about your role here. Do you have a, a defined role with this club, the Anthem? What is your role yeah. there? And, and you're the head coach of the Men's Eagles program for Team USA, for the folks out there that don't know that. Yeah. Are you yeah. still the interim head coach? Yeah, I'm I, I'm something right now. I'm, you know, I'm, I think I'm an interim at the moment. What I, so, is uh, this the way rugby yeah. works on the planet where people have really, you know, in, especially on this side of the pond in America, where people's roles aren't really defined for some reason? You know, it's uh, it, it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I think with it, with this team, it was really just, uh, hey, we need some help. Can you help get it set up? You know, you've um, you've done it before. And so. That's what I, that's what I'm doing. I think from a the tie-in, so USA Rugby's part of it as the GM of the men's 15s. It's for me to hire the coaches. Uh, most of them will come out of uh, USA Rugby ranks, you know, all except for one or two, and and then we'll try and get them into the USA Rugby ranks. So from a from a player standpoint, and really, I just try to set some high level intentions. So some things that align to the growth of American minutes and the way that we want American players to play. Uh, and then, it, then the team on the ground, head coach and uh, operations and everyone else kind of, kind of takes it from there. So, so my role is really, I guess I'd say, I kind of lead the high performance side and the coaches that are hired there. Uh, the partners that we work with here in Charlotte on the performance side, us performance center, uh, work with them quite a bit on the services, but in terms of competing every week or, you know, feet on the grass or uh, picking players, um, that's not, uh, that's not in my remit for this team. I've got a job to do and that's to look across the MLR each week. The initial roster, who's selecting that side. And, and I, I know you had the developmental side, the Hawks, which you were overseeing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a good portion of those players coming up. So where are you making out yeah. the rest of the roster? Uh, they're coming from um, some of the expansion stuff uh, that we did uh, across the league. Uh, we've seen an interest from players that are playing abroad. Yeah, I, I think we looked at that. We looked, we had some U20s that were always going to be a part of the Hawks. Um, you know, they'll be get to train in a professional environment. So, you know, very various sources. Um, you know, remember when, when two teams go away there, there are still players, even though there was an expansion at, at you know, at the time sure. dispersal at dispersal, you know, salary caps were full. So there were some, some players that, um, that I wanted to see get minutes and grow that were, um, that weren't contracted yet. And so that was an opportunity. Yeah. So it's uh, one door closes, another one opens in this case, two doors closed and, and this one opens. 
Would it, yeah. would, it have, would it have come about, do you think, if those two teams hadn't gone down? Not this year. Certainly not this year. I think, uh, you know, we wanted to begin to have the conversation and have a give the the teams in the league the time to know it was coming. And, you know, we would have we would have probably gone a little more uh, intentional and slower at it uh, with, a, with a target towards next year. But had that not happened, um, I just think we saw that risk, especially at the younger playing base and not getting the minutes as the experienced players got yeah. dispersed. And, you know, I think we just one thing that I watch really closely is not only the minutes, but the playing age of and how are we replenishing? So how many American players that are in their first and second and third year in the league are getting minutes? And that just, uh, we, you know, that was there was a risk to that. So I, I think, you know, that would hurt us in 2027. That would hurt us in 2031. Uh, so, you know, that kind of is what kicked it into action, maybe a little faster than we wanted to. So you're, you're prepared to, to win the World Cup in 2027 and 2031. Is that is that what you're saying here? Well, we've got uh, we've got some goals, but uh, <laughs> but uh, there's moonshots and then there's I hear you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, I, I kid. But, you know, we're, we've you, you, it can't get any worse. Right. I mean, we didn't get into the World Cup. Like that doesn't get worse than that. So. 2027, I'm looking forward to. I think if we keep moving in this direction and they lift the interim label off of you or give you some kind of definitive title, I think it would go a long way. You hear me, USA Rugby? I'm looking at you. But all right, Scott, I don't want to embarrass you because I know that this is not your cup of tea with this kind of stuff. But let's let's keep moving. I want to ask you some more questions. Will you guys have a regular salary cap like the rest of the teams? I think the team does have the regular salary cap. There is an expansion cap that the league offers. That's uh, you know that's part of that as well. So um, definitely have a regular cap. But it was important um, to the Major League Rugby Office that it was treated uh, like any other franchise in that regard. And you know all of those things. The only difference is is that this team will be allowed to carry less foreign players. You've got. World Rugby, who owns the lion's share of the of the squad, or is or is putting in the lion's share at this point. You've got the MLR owners who are putting in the rest of it. Basically, you've also got USA Rugby involvement. A lot of chefs in that kitchen. You know, how do you handle that? The biggest thing is to have just a really solid governance structure in place with a board uh, that that you know where you have the right people who can vote on things and approve things, and you know just have really good corporate governance around it at the top level. It, it, it will be a, a company inside of the MLR. And I think from, from my side, it's, you know, I'm always looking at the pathway, the men's 15 pathway and working with world rugby in that regard. So from a performance side and, um, you know, getting the services and funding and things we need uh, for the, for the coaches um, you know, that part is actually a little more straightforward I think it gets tricky on the commercial side and that's going to take some time to, to figure itself out, but uh, I'm not worried about that. That's not my, not my problem. What What are your expectations for the Eagles in 2024? In terms of raising the bar of the players, there's really just two main goals uh, for us this year, which is number one, start to build the 2027 squad. And then the second thing is just to be the best Americans in the Americas. 
Is there a, a relationship or a, a future potential relationship between, say, like the Glendale Raptors or the team from Vancouver and Super Rugby Americas? Uh, so, you know, Glendale is uh, is a place that I look at players as well as national team coach. You know, they, it's a professional environment. Got to look under every rock, too. You know, it's- yeah, yeah. So they they get the, just the same treatment there. I think um, I think in terms of Super Rugby Americas, you know. Uh, great competition they're country-based franchises i think it's i think it's uh, it's worked for the teams in that league for us we just felt like being in major league rugby it is our domestic competition it's where our players play we just felt like it was a better partnership and better place to be overall all right well scott as always i'm a big fan i'm rooting for you and at usa rugby Unless you want me to do a sit-in on the lawn outside the office, take the interim tag off the guy, give him a title, and give him the reign. Scott, thank you for coming on MLR Weekly. We'll be right back after this. I wouldn't like to be at the bottom of that. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. This is The Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? And we're back with Steve Lewis for our seven sentences on sevens with seven czars. Steve Lewis, the sevens lizard. Steven, welcome back. You're the rugby change agent, aren't you? I like that. I like that. We'll go with that. Okay. Good episode. So how, how are you? What are you doing? Good, good. Um, bouncing around. So I was out in Chula Vista for the week with the U.S. men's and women's sevens team last week. Yeah, fill you in on the details there. What's going on? Big year in sevens, obviously, with the Paris Olympics coming up. In July, that's the the main event, and that's our big chance to transform the game here by meddling. The both teams, the men's and women's team, are on the same schedule now, so they're both back in action in Perth, Western Australia, this coming weekend. Um, and they've but six more, five more tournaments after that before the grand finale, which this year is in Madrid, in early June. Um, they come into it slightly differently. The women are currently sixth out of twelve, and the men are struggling a little bit, tenth out of twelve. Yeah, so some interesting selections on the women's front. Coach Emily Bidewell has left two of her veterans, war horses, behind for this trip. That's uh, Kristen Thomas and Chetta Ember. Mm-hmm. Uh, some youngsters forcing their way in, Sarah Levy and Summer Harris-Jones. So both teams are qualified. So both teams are going to Paris. So in that regard, the pressure's off. Um, however, you are playing for your survival pretty much every week now. There's, there's only 12 teams in the World Series, both men and women, in this new format. And in Madrid... At the end, there is now this element of promotion and relegation, which hitherto didn't exist. So the bottom four will play against the top four from the Challenger Series. So if you're finishing 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, you're in a little bit of jeopardy. You could lose your spot in the series. So it, it's still important. It's still vital. 
and both teams, you know, are capable of moving up the ladder a little bit. On the men's side, coaches Mike Friday, Phil Greening, they are seeing some veterans coming back. You got Steve Thomason coming back, Joe Schroeder, the ageless Perry Baker, Ben Pinkelman, not in the not in the frame this tournament, but was out there in Chula Vista. So there's definitely they're, they're looking at the old guard to come in and help him a little bit. And Kevon Williams back this tournament. Sorry, skipper. So they they they've got some in, um, veteran influxes this tournament, which will hopefully um, see an improved performance from them on a personal level, Steve, your, you know, your tenure with the Rugby New York team is obviously at an end, and now you've got some new stuff going on. So yeah, I'm, I'm setting up my own coaching consultancy biz called Elevate, Elevate Your Rugby, Elevate Your Coaching, Elevate Your Sevens. And so if there's anyone out there who wants to be a better coach or wants to get their Sevens team from average to good or from good to great, then I am available for selection, so get in touch. Elevate, coming to a computer near you or a training field near you very soon. On that note, I want to thank Stephen Lewis. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Matthew. (laughs) We'll be right back with Brian Ray of America's Rugby News after this. And we're back with the Scotia Kid, the Nova Scotia Kid from America's Rugby News, Brian Ray. Brian, welcome. Great to be here again after another eventful week in American rugby, Matt. Man, you're just bouncing all over the place. What's that behind you? Where are you? Oh, this is a stadium, uh, American Legion Memorial Stadium. There seems to be a lot of memorial stadiums around. But, uh, yeah, this fine uh, facility behind me is going to be where this Anthem Rugby Carolina is going to be playing their rugby this year. So. So what is your take on the branding? I was, first of all, stunned when I saw the name because the working title, as far as I do, was Charlotte Hawks. Charlotte Hawks is, to me, a perfect name. Uh, So I don't know if there's some kind of reason, legal reason or something, why they couldn't use that name, but uh, (laughs) Anthem is not exactly what I would have gone with. I just looked at it as another A, you know, Curry Hitchboard from uh, UBC is running the Vancouver Islanders now, formerly of UBC, tweeted me with the, all the A logos that we've had. Rugby ATL, a couple they've had. Toronto Arrows, like, oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's the A-list. I, I'm happy we have a name. We know they've at least made that announcement. But to me, the name and the logo is a bomb. But you can't have everything, I guess. Well, listen, in terms, in relative terms, they're way ahead of some of the franchises that have entered the league in a less than, you know, optimal, timely fashion, right? You're, you're sitting in front of the, the stadium. That's a plus. That's a oh. big plus, right? They've got decent facilities. I think they're going to be on one of the college campuses, campuses that Scott says, uh, that, that has grass and turf. So, you know, from that standpoint, they're way ahead of the game. All right. Well, let's talk some rugby. What 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 caught your eye this week? Anything in particular that uh, of note other than other than that? Well, it's nice that preseason is here, and it's been you know fun looking at some of the early pictures from training, and you know <laughs> trying to figure out who these teams haven't told us about yet. Uh, Vaughn Isaacs from Dallas uh, in like the first picture they post haven't announced him yet, even though we've known for months that he was coming there. I. I I wish I understood the communications practices of some of these teams. 
You know, I don't understand why Miami hasn't announced Stan Vandenhoven yet. Uh, he's going to, I'm assuming he's still coming. I'm assuming he's going to be a key part of that team, but we haven't heard anything from them yet. Uh, I mean, his mother, I think, was on social media tweeting about how she was excited about him going to Florida. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, you know, meanwhile, the Vancouver Highlanders, a semi-pro outfit, who started from nothing are, you know, kind of every couple of days announcing a new player. And, you know, some of these guys that are going to be in the roster really are good enough for, for MLR. And I have heard, by the way, that some of them have had offers, but the thing I'm hearing is that they're just not good offers. And this is something I've heard from some young uh, American players as well, you know, getting well, these no money left. deals. You know, and and part of that is because some of these teams are hiring too many import <laughs> players, and I'm not one of these guys who says they have to immediately drop it to five in a match day twenty three. I have no issues with the ten at the moment. You know, maybe it's a little high, whatever. That's not my issue. My issue is when teams are hiring up 18, 19 guys, guys that aren't even hardly going to see the field in some of these games, taking up salary space and you know, a roster spot ahead of a guy, an American guy. And what are they marginally better? Maybe. And you can't use them, you know, half the time because of the import limits. So to me, that's just a uh, bad strategy, bad recruitment by some of these general managers. And it's frustrating to me to see that, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've been here advocating for more of these Canadian guys to get down there, but uh, it, it just doesn't seem like it's happening because of some of the, you know, shoddy recruitment that's gone on in this off season. Uh, Billy Meeks. With a with a winter hat on, standing outside in the Chicago winter, you know. Yeah, it, it is great to see, and it's great to see Billy there from from day one. Remember, he was a late arrival last year, and I, I will say that's a positive thing I've seen in some of the pictures so far. Is that most of those top players, those import guys, it looks like they've got their visas in on time, and we're going to have them from the start of the season, which is you want to see what you want to see. I mean, I know there's a couple guys who are scheduled to come in, like Mitch Jacobson in New England won't be around until April, but they knew that. You know, right. they've covered for that. They've they've accommodated that. So I, I just hope that now that we've gone through all this mess, the team is out. We've got the announcement. We know the name. Now let's start getting back to what we're supposed to be doing, which is getting this preseason, getting the regular season rolling. And on the flip side of Chicago sending out some great stuff, Miami is sending out some great stuff, like telling fans to make it's a destination weekend, a trip, the sun, watch rugby played in the sun and the beaches. Or we have our beaches. And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that pitch too. You know, and and I'm sure they'll start playing on you know the whole Messi angle as well. Uh, you know, training with the with with the uh, the soccer franchise. It's on the same pitch, training facilities and everything with them. So uh, they'll start uh, pushing that as well. So I think that's that's great for them. That's what you want to see from a new side coming in to build up as much hype and you know excitement in that team as possible. And uh, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing them play. Anything else? Right. Well, I think um, Seattle fans would have been uh, really interested to see that Phil Mack, their uh, outstanding scrum half, who guided them through that superb, you know, out of nowhere, had to step in as player coach and led them to a title at, you know, that inaugural season. Um, Philly is going to be the attack coach for the senior Canadian rugby team, which is fantastic. I'm, I'm thrilled for Phil. He's such a great guy. And it's nice to see a Canadian stepping up in that role. We have some promising coaches and they just have to get opportunities. So I'm loving to see it. You know, that that's awesome to see. I think a few people are kind of looking at that saying, well, maybe this is the next successor to, to Kingsley Jones when they finally get around to it. Oh, you just saw, oh, you're sowing the seeds, yeah. aren't you? There you go. <laughs> so uh, congrats to Phil. And I'm sure uh, Seattle fans will be thrilled to see that.
Always liked Phil. Like to see him land on his feet. That's great. On that note, I want to thank Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning, Mr. Steve Lewis of Elevate Rugby or elevate-rugby.com, Scott Lawrence, who is working with the Carolina squad and USA Rugby. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other programs, including the critically acclaimed The Rugby Odds. Check out the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Join our weekly newsletter. And please sign up for our American Red Cross blood donor team. 